Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. First time in a long time, but it seems like just yesterday when we were side by side. Beast mode, no one's blocking our way. These other guys tried it, but them man ain't got the skills Of Braden and Davey, brazen and raging, bringing you the thrills and spills Who is the best? Nah, that one is easy, coming with a champion sound Relentless flow, and there ain't no stopping me, it's best for you to tap out When I get on the war path, laying the smack down, a rumble will ensue Hamilton's so ahead of them, Portman, take a Portman, that's a culture view First time in a long time, but back like I never left Taking these days as it comes, you know me, I don't read ahead Watch me burn down everything, BBE on the TV set when I'm in control on the road, you can never really know what's up next. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Braden Harrington here with Davey Portman for Up Next, postwrestling.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast these days. But of course, Davey, where can they find us? You can find us every Wednesday night at 10.30 Eastern Time for our usual post show of NXT live on youtube.com forward slash up next but these days it seems like we're on YouTube every single night because oh. we've had our uh, greatest SummerSlam game uh, we'll be live tomorrow for SummerSlam itself for a watch long and post show yes we're, we're always on there so hit that subscribe button and it will give you a little notification whenever we are live yes we did a watch along tonight this is takeover 30 there's been 30 takeovers 30 years of takeover (laughs) 30 years yeah 30th takeover event uh yeah every wednesday night we go live on our youtube after nxt we are your nxt friends friends Friends. that one guy really hates when we do that so we're going to continue to do it we'll always do it yes um but it's just in between us yeah Yeah, yeah. get on our level uh so yeah and we're your nxt guys now after maybe the ending of tonight's show you know, maybe we uh, we won't be uh, up there for being NXT friends, but we're still your NXT friends. We're just joking. We'd never leave NXT, and we we're we're here tonight 
to talk about Takeover 30. Did I not post the feedback nope. thread? No, nope. I you didn't did not post the feedback thread. I didn't click post. Great. Good stuff. First. You didn't even finish writing it. <laughs> Hello, Braden here. And, and I'm like, you posted it right? No. Let's, let's go post it. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> oh, it needs 15 characters. Okay, we're going to go. Hello. Post it. It's lit. Okay. God. All right. <laughs> we posted the feedback thread is up. Uh, yes. Okay. So we're here to talk about NXT TakeOver. Now, tonight was an interesting night. Saturday, where AEW was also happening during the day. And it got pushed back because of NBA, even more so because the game went into, like, overtime. And then it kind of coincided with tonight's takeover like you could tune into one you could turn to the other it was like wednesday night wars all over again but on a saturday now so obviously we uh our priority is nxt we are up next uh nxt uh nxt podcast and yeah. we do watch uh, aw every week we always do our post uh up next show on our patreon where we talk about aw but our priority is nxt that's what we always watch first however if we weren't doing this uh, podcast, how would you have watched it? Would you have tried to do half and half? Would you have delayed one? What would you have done? No, I think I think in a few weeks when we have AEW all out and they said, hey, sorry, NXT is going to be starting at a weird time on Saturday. Mm. I'm going to go with the pay-per-view Me and, too. Watch the Me AEW too. and watch the, the show after. I'm exactly the same. Yeah. My, uh, It's a pay-per-view at the end of the day. I can TV. I can always watch later. I feel, whereas a, a pay-per-view, I want to be watching it live. So I'd have definitely watched NXT first and then put AW on after. But it looks like from our YouTube room, a lot of people were watching both at the same time. Uh, a like lot of, back in the old days. A lot of people were just watching AEW and had like our watch-along going on. So, so they just got the, the news yeah, from the so, watch-along. Uh, it was definitely interesting because the first time AEW like, TV has been up against a pay-per-view. Yeah, it's it's very interesting because Wednesday nights we do NXT and then we do have Patreon, patreon.com slash up next if you don't don't know that yet. Uh every Thursday we do up nextra where we watch AEW, we chat about that, we give the review of that, then we kind of compare which shows we like better. And I'll say it all, all the time that AEW usually has the better show. Maybe it's because we watch it later in the night and we've had a few uh, White Claws. But just more overly, I feel like it's the fresher product of pro wrestling in 2020. I think production as well. I think Daily's Place looks fantastic. Um, You you feel like there's a kind of crowd there. I know NXT and WWE now, well, WWE now have the Thunderdome. Yeah. But it would be interesting to see how that affects them, whether it, it makes it more enjoyable to watch because i know especially those first few weeks where no one was in the crowd it's really hard to enjoy these shows and i think aw right from the beginning they've always had people there it's outside it's in a kind of stadium sort of arena it looks cool um so i think that definitely helps and tonight they definitely upped the production which made me feel like yeah this feels like a a takeover you had so much fire Yes. So much fire. Wow. Um, pretty sure they took the stage from WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans. It looked like it. We had the debate in our watch along. I'm in pretty the chat sure room. it was it. It were it, was it, was it the same X's from WrestleMania 30? Because this was TakeOver 30, 30 years. 30 years. 30 years of TakeOver. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, it's it's just fire and everything. I, you know, it's it's takeover triple X. No Vin Diesel. I guess we should just get right into it. Uh, again, follow us on all our platforms because depending on when you're listening to this, we are doing a SummerSlam watch along as well. So youtube.com slash up next. Join us for that as well. But tonight we talk about 30 years in the making. 30 takeovers is what is happening because it's takeover 30, takeover 30 with all the fire. It's lit. It's safe to say it's lit. There's all the wrestlers with these video shots of them standing in fire. It felt like Warzone. It felt like Nitro. It felt like everything. I just like, like fire's great. I know I joke about how I think everything is lit and I, my catchphrase is pretty much it's lit like Travis Scott. I just, it's. It literally was that. It's funny because... <laughs> it was literally what I wanted to see. <laughs> we are both people that say we enjoy the wrestling first and foremost. Wrestling first, then kind of storyline and character and all that. But we want to see good wrestling. That being said, when WWE stopped using pyro a few years mm. ago, it's was like, man, I, I want my pyro. Like when Edge comes out and just he just stands Kane there. Kane <laughs> would come out and just do that. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like cool. It's, it's right. weird. Yeah. Um, I think... And WWE especially do spectacle well. So I liked this. I liked opening up with a everything hell of a on lot fire. Of fire. Everything's on fire. You know, fire. how do we get people interested in this show right off the bat? Light everything on fire. Oh, I'm on fire. There's just been a lot of fire on NXT lately. There has. First Keith Lee's face, and now here at TakeOver 30. Uh, also, the commentators for tonight no Moro Ronaldo. It is Vic Joseph, Beth Phoenix, and Corey Graves. On the call for TakeOver 30 tonight. And already a lot of people went. <sighs> okay, this is my problem with these three. I I like all three. I kind of soured on Corey like in recent years. But I used to really like him on NXT. You need that someone who's a bit more bombastic on your commentary team. Moro has that. I think even Nigel McGuinness adds that when he's on commentary. Whereas all of these are just a little a little tame. So together, I I didn't really notice the commentary much today, but there were definitely times that I noticed the lack of a a Mamma Mia or just a, yeah. a big call. Even WAP even references. Like, Where was my WAP references? Even Michael Cole, when he needs to switch it up, can like make a moment sound exciting. Definitely. Whereas this, oh, what a maneuver kind of thing, <laughs> wasn't it? All night, I. I didn't particularly dig the Was Vic Joseph tonight. even on this card? Yeah. <laughs> was Vic Joseph actually here? Because it, look, I, I noticed that it wasn't Moro. And for some, we do an NXT podcast. We've watched Moro for so long now. And he, we watch him every week. It's like we hang out with him every week. Like you hang out with us. And it's just weird when he wasn't there. Why is the biggest show we've been pushing for months now? Like the takeovers is NXT's pay-per-views. And all of a sudden Moro wasn't here. Now I know that it, it may be like a personal family issue or something along those lines. Then I hope, uh, you know, good thoughts and prayers and all that to tomorrow. But uh, for, for us, NXT fans were like, oh man, you know, damn, that's unfortunate. It's just, it just sucks. You, you want him on those calls. Yeah, it just yeah. sucks. It just sucks. Cause 100%. he's, he's NXT. He has been for, for time now. And yeah, uh, it's just interesting. And they had that Corey Graves Morrow thing. A while ago, and it's just like, oh, and he's the guy replacing him. Oh, okay. And Vic Joseph, everybody. I bet Vic Joseph's a really nice guy. Now I, I, feel I like Vic Joseph. <laughs> I've enjoyed his commentary in the past. Um, but yeah, this is TakeOver. Come on. 
Yeah, it's takeover. I need the best. I need. I, and I, I need miss more. Nigel. I really do miss Nigel as well. So uh, for for Nigel, one one time, Mamma Mia. That's it. That's it. We start off takeover thirty with a match that was uh, kind of thrown together this week on online, really, because that's what wrestling is now online. And it's Timothy Thatcher versus Finn Balor. It's the teacher, the professor of the school of Thatch Can versus uh, the prince, mm-hmm. Finn Balor. Now, we're in this weird thing. Maybe NXT's in a little bit of, I guess you can say hot water with the Velveteen Dream thing because I don't feel we're alone. I feel like a lot of people right now are a little switched off and a little turned off from this Velveteen Dream being on TV, two main events in a row. But at the ending of that match, we got this Thatcher involvement with Finn Balor. We weren't really sure why, but it was thrown together. Oh, and then this, we get this match. This is the least heat there's ever been for a takeover match. It's like, I oh, would, you I attacked him. Say. You attacked him, and now there's a match. I'm so I don't like um, just like, hey, look at this on paper. This will be a cool match. I don't want that from a show that has weekly TV to build up. There are only five pay per views a year with takeover, and you're going to have a a quick post-match angle and then announce it on Twitter during the week. No, there was zero heat going into this match. Uh, Timothy Thatcher's had some bangers since starting. Um, he's had great matches against Lorcan, great matches against Riddle. And on paper, yeah, Balor versus Thatcher. Yeah. But this is TakeOver. I need something personal. Not just, hey, uh, do you want to be on Sunday's card? There's only four matches. I'm going to attack you. Because that's what it felt like. Especially for a show where they haven't had a pay-per-view or a big event for a while. I mean, Great American Bash was on TV, but yeah. they still treated it like that. It's just like, look at all the other spots that this could have gone to. Like the pre-show match, which we, we totally glossed over, which was a six-man, sorry, a three-team tag team match, and the winners got a title shot. So the champions, which are a complete afterthought, were not even on the show, but the pre-show had a contendership match for that but, which Tyler Breeze but and even, won. even take that that story with uh, Legado del Fantasma attacking Breezango um, that's been going for a while so I would I would say that deserved to be on the show more than this match did so you're saying in takeover history Finn Balor Timothy Thatcher at least heat going into a match because someone in the chat David in the chat says whoa the disrespect to Lars Sullivan and Cassius Ono years ago <laughs> I can't even remember that <laughs> Was I at that event? <laughs> you, you don't remember the events you go to, but that is for another day. We did our SummerSlam best match ever, and you you totally didn't know any of the shows you were at that you had to rewatch for that. But that's another patreon.com slash up next for best match ever SummerSlam main events. Let's start off. Timothy Thatcher versus Finn Balor, TakeOver 30. Big Match Tom. Or sorry, not Tom. Big. We had so many nicknames for this guy in the chat tonight. Big Match Tim. We yep. had, uh, what was it? <laughs> what was the, oh, I'm already dropping what the other ones were. Oh man, I already forgot them. There's Big Match Tim. There's all sorts here. Timothy Thatcher goes after Balor after the bell rings, like instantly right away. They go grapple for grapple. Timothy locks in a, uh, like a Kimura almost. Now we've seen him with the, the like teaching us different moves and he goes through like all the moves in this match, just like he did with Oni Lorcan. Uh, but Finn keeps going to try to out wrestle him really Matt wrestle, but Timothy Thatcher is quite in p- physical shape. I know Finn Balor's got his abs, but like Thatcher is pretty, pretty jacked here mm-hmm. and knows what he's doing. He's re- out wrestling Finn Balor who finally comes back with a low drop kick. 
gets this huge slap and then hits the Pele while he falls down. So they're both down to the mat. That slap was dirty. Like that's when the match picked up because he just grabs him by the throat and slaps him. That woke up. This I, mean, I mean, I know the crowd are there and paid to cheer, but this woke up the crowd. <laughs> Shotzi Blackheart yeah. Black was going wild yeah. when that slap happened. <laughs> yeah, uh, the slap was really cool. Uh, really cool. I really thought during this match, I'm like, Finn Balor isn't known for like his like striking. Like He's not someone you think, oh, he's got like uh, trained in, in so he's many different like things. He's not like Daniel Bryan's or Kenta's. He's or not. Whatever, so it showed that Thatcher was just slapping this dude up. Um, and... Finn does come back again, hits the standing double stomp, um, goes for and hits the reverse Bloody Sunday, the reverse 1916, um, goes for the stomp off the top. Thatcher rolls out. Finn lands on his feet and starts selling his like leg there is injured. And that's when Thatcher rolls him up in the single leg crab, the maple leaf. And Finn is reaching and reaching for the ropes. And, I, and Lance Storm was watching this somewhere and was like, is he going to tap to the maple leaf? Is he going to tap? Finn does not tap. Gets to the ropes. He gets out of it. Uh, Finn and him go back and forth. And it's just basically Finn hitting the 1916 and goes up and pins Timothy Thatcher. Uh, I felt like there there was no heat going into this match. I felt like there was no heat in this match. And Finn gets the victory. Yeah, I. this would have been fine for a, a TV match that was announced a few days before for TV. Yeah. Um, this didn't reach a crescendo at all. Like there, I felt it was going to build and build and maybe have that crazy kind of slap exchange that leads to the 1916 or something. Whereas it was just, okay, our time's up, hit the finish. Um, wasn't a bad match, but this is not what I want on a takeover. As I said, I, I want heat going into a match and I want something that gets the crowd going. And this just... I like both these guys. I've I've really enjoyed Thatcher in the last few months and Bala since turning and, and being on NXT again. I've enjoyed him so much more, but this didn't do it for me. Um, it yeah. felt like they they skipped a whole section of the match where a bunch of stuff was meant to happen. Yeah, for me, this didn't... It felt like I was watching TakeOver... Uh, sorry, NXT on Wednesdays. Yeah. It felt like a normal match and there wasn't really a story. There wasn't really like, anything. Top of the first hour, not your main event, just... Like, I just I didn't didn't quite understand what the the purpose of putting it on this show really was. They could have just done this next week because now you don't have this match to announce next week to go up against like an AEW. Like every Wednesday, they forget that you need to still deliver some shows. And yeah, I feel like this was just thrown on here just because it was uh, just oh, yeah. we need to give Balor a match. Yeah, we need to get that, Balor over so what he can was. he can fight for the title. Yeah, so it's like we need to get him over. I guess. Uh, yeah, really weird. Uh, didn't this was an afterthought for me? Uh, as not a, not a good player. opening match. Yeah, can we just talk about Pat McAfee yet? <laughs> no, we'll get there. We'll okay, get there sorry. Soon, soon. Sorry, we're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. Let's go to the North American Championship ladder match. The North American title was first introduced in NXT in a ladder match at a takeover. So what better way to celebrate Takeover Thirty with a title on the line in the ladder match? Now we have Damian Priest who comes out dressed as Shawn Michaels. Seemed that way, yeah. Right? Definitely Shawn's top. We have the Wednesday night Johnny Gargano, dressed as uh, Batman slash Harley Quinn slash alien from so Captain Marvel. apparently he was dressed as the, uh, the like, shape-shifting alien from Captain Marvel. Right. Um, 
that was his jacket. Okay. And then the actual ring gear was uh, an iteration of Star-Lord. Okay. So, it looked like Harley Quinn colors, though. Like Candice LeRae. Harley Quinn doesn't wear purple. She went in, red and white. No, but it was like pink and blue. So it's like the teal and thing. I looked at the ma- the colors match from Suicide Squad. So I just like was confused. Yeah, I think. Um, Interesting. I Nerd- don't know what it is, is. I always try and look into what his gear means because, like, it was he was kind of Venom when he started to turn bad, and then yeah. he was uh, the Phoenix when he was coming good again, and this being. Um, it's basically an alien race that were perceived evil and the enemies, but they're good and just trying to protect their species. Uh, so I think it's kind of a, a hey, look, I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. You just all perceive me this way. What a nerd. And it is, but it, it works. And then start even Star-Lord himself, he's the leader of a group of criminals, essentially, who right. are good guys. So I kind of think the message he's trying to put across is... Yeah, I know you all think I'm a bad guy, but I'm the Wednesday night. I'm the good guy. I'm the hero here. He's Star-Lord. So it, it does kind of make sense. Who's a bigger nerd, Johnny Gargano or Kenny Omega? In a dream match one day, <laughs> Battle of the Nerds, uh, who are two of my favorite wrestlers yeah. of all time. Uh, but yeah, interesting gear, because I had the whole chat room tonight being like, what is this? What is this? It's become a thing now. You have to, He's outsmarting us as like... I'm not just going to come out dressed as Batman. I'm going to come out dressed as all this other stuff. Well, Although, it's, it's more heel now. It's yeah. like, you got to work for it. Yeah, you have to figure out what I want. As as I'm dude, smarter than you. The dude dressed up as a as a Django Fett, like, like Boba Fett, like, toy. Early edition like, toy. Then, that was then I know your deep cuts, dude. I know. You're, you, you, you know your stuff. People are going to be mad that you said Django instead of Boba. Sorry, yeah. You're, you're, you're completely dating yourself there. <laughs> that, like, yo, Django is the, is the best Fett. In my head, I went to say Mando. <laughs> So, like, that right. even shows that I just called... Now all those things are just Mandalas to me. Like, yeah. fuck the Fets. It's just Mandalas. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I went to the... Put it here there. first. Fuck the Fets. <laughs> so, yeah, Damien Priest is Shawn Michaels. Johnny Gargano is that thing. Bronson Reed comes out as Bam Bam Bronson Reed. He's in the fiery Bam Bam Bigelow gear. Looks awesome. We have Cameron Grimes, who comes out dressed as... The moon. Yeah. <laughs> In my opinion, he's wearing... It was gray. Moon, was gray, gray, moon, gray moon. Yeah. The only thing he was missing was like a helmet or a moon boots or something. Yep. Uh, and, and then... then Velveteen Dreams there. Yeah. In Scott Steiner, like, chain link things. Yeah. Good stuff. Everyone was super excited to see this guy come out. Uh, the bell rings and it's almost as if the Damien Priest knew what we wanted to see and he just kicks Velveteen Dream out. He's like, get the fuck out of here. We don't want to see this. Uh, so there's all chaos, of course, because there's so many guys in this match, the five guys in the match. Um, Dream does come back with a Famouser on Johnny, then a Triangle DDT onto, onto someone else here. There's just so much chaos because there's five of them hitting all sorts of moves back and forth. Uh, Grimes goes to get a ladder like the first time in this match. But the ladder he pulls out is a mini ladder. It's the WLC ladder. It's yeah, it is. It's Hornswoggle's Step ladder. ladder. And he's like, "Who did this? <laughs> Who put this here?" Uh, and he gets beat up for his causes there. But then Grimes at one point like runs up the re- the ladder and hits the PK off the apron. Um, looked looked really awesome. Johnny goes for like a Hurricane Rana, but gets caught. And Johnny starts to climb the ladder. Um, Johnny at one point, I know you were laughing out loud where he, he, Johnny's the vet and he's like in charge of these two other guys. And he's like, you take him and you take him. And they're like, 
Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, all right. We'll listen to you because you're Johnny Gargano. And then, like, they go off, and then he's like, <laughs> and he just climbs the ladder. <laughs> really great spot. Uh, there's there's a spot where everyone gets like put into the corner. There's a layer of someone, then a ladder, then a layer. It's like a lasagna of ladders and wrestlers, and and everyone gets put it, into it the corner. It just looked like a rubble, like a building that's just fallen down, just like yeah, like. Metal on top of limbs and stuff. It looked great. Uh, Bronson Reed runs at it with the crazy splash into the corner, just into the ladders and uh, just crazy. Yeah, this quite, was quite wild. a unique spot, actually, I thought. I've not really seen this in a ladder match no. before. And a lot of the people in the room were saying about how I, they're kind of sick of these ladder matches during this empty arena because no one wants to kind of do these crazy stunts. Yeah. Which, why would you? There's no one there. But I think they managed to do kind of s- safer, inventive, cool-looking spots in this match, and this was one of them. Yeah, this. You know what? It was. It wasn't like this is the most craziest thing I've seen. But it makes sense. He has everyone in these ladders, and he runs at them because he's huge. This is like like a King Kong Godzilla. His. We didn't talk about his oh, new entrance, his entrance music. Yeah. yeah, I totally glossed over that. He's dressed like Big Bam Bam Bigelow, but he's got this like new Godzilla type, King Kong type entrance. Where he comes out and he's got like lyrics and a hip hop song almost like rapping so over it. On the on the Titantron, there was like a skid- city skyline, yeah. And you saw the silhouette of uh, Bronson Reed yeah. walking towards it, like Godzilla just walking into a Look city. Lit. Looked really cool. Uh, I I don't know if I mentioned I I got really lit once one night and joined Amazon Prime and then ordered a Blu-ray of these Godzilla movies. Right. I, I watched them yesterday yeah. actually. Tokyo SOS and Final Wars. Wow. Which, wow. which one do you recommend the most? Final Wars. Okay. Final Wars Godzilla. Future review. Definitely. Uh, Bronson Reed is in his Final Wars. He's in his first war. It's his first takeover, as is, uh, I think, Cameron Grimes as well. Uh, Cameron, sorry, Bronson hits everyone in the corner with these ladders. Uh, and then, on top of that, there's a Tower of Doom spot between so many guys. But in this, Cameron Grimes is, like, hitting a, a German suplex, which is just crazy. He's like... Usually at the Tower of Doom is everyone's getting superplexed and powerbombed, but this this was like a German off the top, but still looked safe. Looked awesome. Yeah, look look really cool. There's then like super kicks. There's a, a move where someone goes to like a flip. Priest goes to in ring flipping Tope, but gets kicked upside down by Johnny Gargano. There's then the final beat to the ladder to Reed's face. Uh, there's then like the collision. Yeah, course. this is cool. So Bronson Reed was doing the kind of I always call it the Bubba Ray Dudley spot. The, yeah. the ladder on your neck, like a helicopter and just spinning around, taking out people. And Gargano hits the one final beat to him while the ladder's round his neck. So he, the like feet of the ladder hit the mat. So his head goes bouncing off of the, cool. the rung. Look really cool. So Gargano has the offense there, but on the outside runs at Grimes, who hits him with the collision course, which is just an awesome... It's the Spanish fly, but the power slam. Mm. Sweet move. Uh, Priest, at one point, runs up the ladder and hits a tope now to everyone on the outside, where Grimes was kind of holding it down. It's Shelton Benjamin vibes from Damian Priest here, for sure. Uh, Cameron Grimes, at one point, climbs the ladder. We think is we think it's the time to climb to the moon, but Candace stops him. And if this we we were talking about what what would how would crowds react to certain things that are happening in this era of wrestling? If a crowd saw Candace stop 
Grimes, I think there would be a massive amount of booze. Because he's the heel that everyone kind of finds funny and loves and I, now. I think that's what's so missed from uh, takeovers more so than your, like, B pay-per-views. Sure. Is takeovers have a very specific uh, Wrestling fans go crowd. To and I, th- I think it's a lot of... Like people that listen to us and stuff like that, they have their favorites. They don't really care too much what is going on with the stories. Cameron Grimes has been killing it with the promos recently. Mm-hmm. We love him. We know you're a heel. If Candice LeRae is going to stop Cameron Grimes from winning the title, there would have been loud boos. Definitely, this, if I, this I was in Boston. That's what I mean. Watching it myself, I was like, "Don't you dare!" I love Candice and I love Johnny, but that this is—I really liked this part of the match. In fact, she she just folds up the ladder in front of him and is like, "What are you yeah, going to do?" He, you're not climbing. She doesn't this. just like pull him off. She's like, "Nope, you're not no, climbing. No this. ladder for you, nope, Cameron. <laughs> no ladder." And he he's like, "Yo, what the fuck?" So he goes to hit her and she ducks him. And at one point here, I don't know how she does this. She eventually hits Arana. Off, like, the apron, which sends him into everyone else. Yeah, it was assisted with Johnny, so she was holding Johnny's hand, like, run the ropes, ran into the middle and hit the Rana. Uh, looked great. This was really creative. Like, Candice was a huge part of this match uh, following this. She's, yeah. like, leader in those TLC she matches. Is. Uh, so, Johnny tries to climb. He, he looks over at his wife and he's like, wow, look at my, look at my girl go. Damn. Go. That's that, wow. Uh, Johnny climbs up, but Bronson stops him and Bronson drops Johnny. And at one point, it's Johnny laid out in the ring. Bronson's on top of a ladder. He's kind of looking down like, should I jump or should I grab the title? And he goes to grab the title, but Candace, yet again, climbs up. She gets on the back. Uh, I've mentioned Bronson Reed as uh, these Godzilla King Kong. It's literally him on the Empire State Building here. And Candace is is the helicopter. Some Someone's on top and he's like, what do I do? Candace is on the shoulders now of Bronson Reed, stopping him from grabbing the title. And he just looks down and goes, yeah, all right. And Bronson Reed off the top of the ladder with Candace on his back, giving her a piggyback ride, jumps off with a huge splash to Johnny Gargano. This was incredible. I think this worked for so many different reasons. If this was 1999, 2000 WWF Attitude Era, the baby face would choke slam Candice LeRae off her his ladder. A 3D through a would, table. Would have done something <laughs> and everyone would have gone wild. Times have changed. Like, 20 years later, you're not having a baby face hit a woman in a match. Like, it's not happening. Yeah. Especially a woman who's not involved in the match. But here, you could still... We she all shouldn't know, have got involved. Then. We all know... <laughs> we all know Candice is a wrestler. But this here, it's like not... It's not hurting Candice, it's just scaring her because she's falling off this ladder, but it's adding more weight to Gargano, who's already taking a splash yeah. from a big dude, but a big dude this was great. with his wife on top of that as well. This spot was great. It was, it was great. Not only was it great, but earlier he's like, ah, look, she's helping me. She's making me, making me win this. And then earlier, later it's like, oh no, you actually just add, like obviously her landing on him doesn't add much weight, but the visual of him flying down with, yeah. it's classic Shawn Michaels doing the splash off the ladder, but with Candace on the back, this was, this was my favorite spot of the entire match, actually. How have we never really seen that happen before? Kind of, you've seen it in indie shows where they, they have both people fall through ladders and, and tables. But, but a splash on, with someone on the back? Yeah. To another guy? Looked fantastic. But the match isn't over. Bronson Reed lands on him like that, and it's like, wow, we have Grimes come back in. You think he's gonna win? He brings out like a really tall ladder here. He's now. like, I'm not getting this little ladder. He's going for the big ladder. 
energy. He puts it up, but he stopped. You can hear the sea of booze in your in your head again because Velveteen Dream stops Cameron Grimes and there's a point where Cameron Grimes sets up a ladder within the ladder. He's putting some, what is it, construction time? I think Jericho always talks about his constructions yeah. in ladder matches. And Dream is going to hit him with the, the, the elbow off the ladder, but then kind of realizes, why don't I just win this? So, yeah, I, I don't normally like when a guy climbs to the top and then he's like, oh, shall I win this match or shall I potentially hurt myself but do something cool jumping off this ladder? This seemed like... Dream didn't realize where he was positioned in the ring and wanted to cause damage, but he did his pose where he like flings his arms in the air. And then he and hit- in doing so, he knocks the title and goes, Oh man, I could actually win this thing, but he's knocked the title flying. So I actually quite liked the spot. I kind of liked it more than a guy just climbing to the top. And don't do it, Jeff. Don't do it, Jeff. I don't really want this title. I'm just going to swanton <laughs> and probably miss and take myself out the match. So I quite liked it. It did make Dream look a little bit stupid, not realizing that he is on top of a ladder in the middle of the ring. But I liked the just little attention to detail to go to knock it and then realize where he was. Yeah, it was it was interesting. And it kind of made you go, yo, how dumb are you? Like, it, it, he still was like, huh, should I? Should I still should I still do this? I don't know. What what should I do? Uh but it it doesn't happen. Cameron grinds stop, gets up, eventually hits the cave in at one point. There's then the the crash landing like some sort of sunset bomb here that just looked awful. Uh the, so Gargano does his classic Rey Mysterio to Eddie Guerrero off the ladder from SummerSlam 2005 where he he, he goes over and then sunset flips him, but he misses like Grimes hits the ladder with his, like, shoulder, and they're okay, but the spot looked nasty. Well, this looked crazy, because whenever you normally see the the sunset bomb in ladder matches, it's kind of going over the top of the ladder, and then landing sort of on your bum and slamming them down. Gargano was on the ladder next to it, so he almost cartwheeled over to hit this bomb. Looked great. Yeah, looked looked crazy. Uh, Looked kind of nasty. And then, now, Grimes is on the ladder, and then... Sorry, I think it's Gargano who then Dream hits the DVD onto him onto the ladder. This looked okay. It didn't look onto like Priest. It, it didn't look like ladder. yeah. It didn't look like it would hurt like as much as some of the other stuff we've seen. Um, Dream eventually gets dumped out of there. We see Bronson. He he goes up. He, he sorry. I think Bronson climbs up, and you think for a second here this is where Bronson wins it, but. The camera doesn't even get it here until afterwards, but Cameron Grimes once again grabs the little ladder and throws it, launching it at Bronson's head. We get Gargano who's up there. You think Gargano now, who dumps Grimes out, he's got the title, he's going to pull it, but in comes Damien Priest into the shot again, who smacks the title off Johnny. Damien Priest grabs the North American Championship, and Damien Priest wins the ladder match. Priest wins... Church is in session. He's going to live forever because he's now infamous. I I really enjoyed this ladder match. I, I have felt the burnout on ladder matches recently, uh, pre-Empty Arena, and then I think they've done way too many during Empty Arena. Uh, I thought this was really good. I liked that there were so many times where I thought the match was over and then someone else would come out and they do the really tight, camera shot which is the advantage of not having the crowd there because you're not tipped off by the sudden like swell of cheers when someone else is climbing they kept the camera really tight so you think it's going to be Bronson who wins and then Dream takes him out and then Gargano takes him out or whatever 
Um, I could also see it. We were talking about lack of heat the previous match. This match, I thought there was quite a lot going in. There was there was a lot of characters who have been built up really well over the last couple of months who you really wanted to see win this thing. And I don't think Priest is at the top of people's lists, but I'm not mad about it. He's he's a guy they're going to elevate. I don't think it does anything for Gargano or Dream winning this title again. It had to be one of the other three. Um, I also like, as I've said repeatedly on this show before, apart from the Dream moment where he even realised he was going to do something stupid, everyone was trying to grab the title. That was the story of the match. They were all trying to grab it, and it wasn't about... Let's jump through a table just because it's cool. Um, I thought the psychology was pretty good in the match. Uh, yeah, I, I would say you'd go with Bronson and Priest down the line because they've already got a bit of a, like a friendly competitive rivalry going on. And I think that could be a lot of fun to watch. Bronson beat him, right? This week? Bronson beat Priest? I... Uh, maybe two weeks ago? I'm trying yeah, to remember. Recently. Yeah, it's, Look, I, I'm not mad with this. I thought for sure if you put the title on Cameron Grimes, he would take it to the moon and it would be lit. But uh, I'm okay with that because there's still he can still go on and be this heel character. It just sucks because now Grimes is a heel and Gargano as a heel. They're kind of in the same pool right now. They're just chilling. I mean, but- I, I worry more. I worry more for Gargano to be honest than Grimes because uh, I think Grimes is such a big character and he's still fresh to this audience. Um, I think when crowds do come back, they'll love him. Gargano, he's just floating around now, and I, I really don't know what you do with him, which is such a shame because he is, in my mind, still the, the best wrestler yeah, in, this in company. the company. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I thought for sure Bronson Reed, there was an argument there that this could potentially instantly make him. He's been on a roll lately. Maybe that'll just continue. Uh, but then, you know, Damian Priest winning, I guess it's the safe call. I think they see a lot of people. I see a lot in him. I think a lot of people do like this guy. Um, and there are quite a few heels who can chase him as well yeah. in this company. Uh, I, You know what? I like this ladder match. I, I agree that the ladder match, especially in the like pandemic era of wrestling, just doesn't work. Because why would you want to do nasty sp- spots and stuff? They still did some here, but nothing that was like, they were, oh my God. They were more creative, though. Even there was a moment where... Um, I think it was Priest and Dream were going to sandwich someone by throwing ladders and the guy moved. And just the visual of seeing two ladders being thrown and colliding in the middle of the ring looked pretty cool. It it, it had some really interesting spots that you wouldn't maybe have seen. In I'd have opened the era. show with this. Yeah. I, I think I'd have been in a better mood if this opened the show. You know what? I, I had high hopes for it and I think it kind of delivered. I think I it think delivered it, I think it did because I, I just really liked the, the Smash Mouth style of everyone kind of, especially when it picked up with especially that splash. I can't get over <laughs> that, that splash. The backpack spot. Kids are going to be doing it in the pool this summer. The backpack splash. You, you get don't on, want to do any of those splashes no. in a pool. You get someone you on get your burned. shoulders, and then you run and jump into the pool. <laughs> That's what you're, you need to see. Do videos of that. Do that. Put that on TikTok. The Bronson Reed uh, thing. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. This got me really digging the show because the opening match did not do that for All me. All right, Brayden. I think I'm ready for the main event. It's time to talk about the match that is the main event, the real main event, and that is Pat McAfee. NXT <laughs> Takeover McAfee. On August 22nd. Oh, I'm ready. Wow, I don't know if you're ready for this. We've been singing this guy's praises the last few weeks. We got in shit. People were shitting on us. And I know, I I get it. I think a lot of people um, maybe don't always watch the show and just hear Pat McAfee, that, that has been footballer who does annoying 
pre-shows or whatever is wrestling a match. On paper, yeah, I I wouldn't be digging this. This is Adam Cole. He's we've seen him in so many classics over the years. Um, but the angle, I go back to talking about heat again. This match had heat going into it. The angles were great. Pat McAfee, I'd put in your top five people on the mic in the roster. Compared to what we've seen him do already, look. The, and th- this is in the last month. I'm like, yeah, you've got it. So we we saw this this weird setup they did where we kind of figured they'd set up this match. And they did go with that route where it's Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. Is it real? Did, did Adam Cole just freak out on his podcast? The very <laughs> fact that people questioned it. You did a good job. Good. You did a good job. Uh, I'll, I'll say it again. I did not know who Pat McAfee was before this. I do not watch real sports. I watch, what is it? Coordinated athletics? I think that's what Is that what he said? I don't know. That's what I call oh. it. Brandon from New Jersey calls it. Play fighting. Play fighting. <laughs> Look, I didn't know who he was, but then I was instantly filled in, and I've seen him talk. I've seen him at WrestleMania in his shorts, uh, and I was like, yeah, this dude's annoying, uh, and it's probably for the good. That's what wrestling ca- needs characters, right? And then we we see this this angle with him and Adam Cole where he kicks Adam Cole in the head and we did up next and we kind of were like, hey, we're not super familiar with this guy, but he's a punter from the NFL who now does podcasts and made fun of Adam Cole for being small and then punted him in the head and they knocked him out and he talked so much shit. What was there not to like like about it? I, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, and then we continue on with this thing and it's like celebrity involvement obviously – is not usually what we do here at NXT TakeOvers. Have we? Uh, no, we've never done it. No. So it's kind of, this is the first take on that. Uh, so, yeah, Pat McAfee, the main event, big match Pat, he cuts a promo, like, off the, the, the bat here backstage, and he says he's got the strongest legs in history. We all were arguing in the chat, what's he going to wear? We were debating. What's he going to show up in a singlet, in shorts? Of course. Why not both? A tank top and shorts. He says, it's time. Let's do the damn thing. Yeah. He talks about kicking off Super Bowl. He's like, this is nothing. I've kicked off, sold out Super Bowls, uh, calls everyone stooges. It's like, let's do the damn thing. Hit my music. And like, oh, Oh McAfee has music as well. Wow. Um, Someone in the YouTube room right now compared um, this pre-match promo to The Rock. (laughs) (laughs) And I I know what he's getting at. You watch that. Uh, the one I always come to mind is the the one before he had a couple before the Rumble, and he had the one before the match against Evolution at WrestleMania, where he's like literally just about to leave the curtain. Yeah. And this guy's convincing. Like I believe him with what he's saying. Uh, look, I don't know who this guy was, and he he knows how to talk better than half the people. That are our wrestlers, that are professional wrestlers that do this. And I'm like, oh, you're getting people heated. Uh, just, yeah, uh, I was ready for this. It's for the brand. Uh, so Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee here at TakeOver 30. Pat McAfee starts doing Ric Flair poses after they keep trading headlocks here. Uh, the one thing, Adam Cole should be more upset at him, but he wants to wrestle him. So I understand, like, okay, I'm not going to just punch you and beat you up. We're going to wrestle because you're here to wrestle. I think I think that's the story because Adam Cole is a wrestler and it, it's like, yeah, okay, you think you can do this? Like, anyone can have a, a bar fight or a fight in the street. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm going to show you about wrestling. And that's why it started. Um, and I, I think almost in a way to 
tease you, just go, oh, they're going to do just really basic stuff here. Headlock, takedown, that kind of thing. It worked for me. So they're going with headlocks and back and forth. And, of course, McAfee with the Ric Flair pose, he gets a little cocky and Adam Cole shoves him and starts to get the, a little more aggressive. But this is where Pat's boys, his cronies, his NFL guys, who kind of show up when we were told this is a one-on-one fight. So Undisputed Era come out looking like a football team. They're on the offense. The security now comes out, and there's this big brawl where all the security, the football people, Undisputed Era, they're brawling on ringside. And Pat McAfee must have saw that video of uh, Vince McMahon showing Gronk how to jump off things. Yeah. Because Pat McAfee climbs the top rope and hits a Kushida-like swan dive tope con hilo off the top rope onto everybody it looked great we we were talking on uh our best match ever show of SummerSlam. how when jeff does a swanton off a a ladder that's maybe a bit too tall he just he'll falls. just fall fall and rotate no this is he got jumping. hand time he was like in the air soaring looked awesome Oof. and this is where you go okay <laughs> all right all right pat mcafee okay so it's safe to say already few minutes into this match Seconds into this match, Pat McAfee, better than Goldberg. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what I was going to say? You say about uh, Kushida's swan dive, but this is the first time we've seen a Kushida swan dive on a takeover. Because Pat McAfee (laughs) beat Kushida to the punch. Kushida hasn't been on a takeover. Has never been on a takeover. The big match Pat has, and that's what, yeah, wow, Pat McAfee with the top off. Wow, Pat McAfee, fl- you know, Morrow wasn't here, but Mamma Mia with Pat McAfee yeah. doing the dive onto everyone onto the outside. And we should know all the, I think we call them football men here. We don't know who these guys are. <laughs> football guys. The football guys, yeah. all wearing Cole Sucks Cole t-shirt. Sucks shirts, yeah. Uh, so now Pat is like, is like fired up here. He's like, whoa, I can do this wrestling thing. Lucha Pat. Grabs Adam Cole, gets back in the ring. He then picks up Adam Cole for like a body slam, but then starts to squat and then slams him down. Uh, wow. Just, he's, now he's cocky, he's arrogant. And this is where I said that Pat was better than Goldberg. And we decided, you know, we, we do tops off for Goldberg, right? Cause yep. his kid takes his shirt off all the time. Well, if it's, if it's tops off for Goldberg, it's shorts on for Pat. Shorts on for you Pat. You put, you, you rip your, you have your tearaways. You have the, the little zip the bottoms. <laughs> you take them off. Take the them off. He's squatting. He's 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 doing it for days. And then he starts to slap Adam Cole, who slaps back. He also hits a beautiful drop kick, hey. like a really nice drop kick. White man can't jump. Pat McAfee. <laughs> Damn, he's got hops. This Pat, this young upstart <laughs> from Indianapolis. <laughs> Is that where he played, he played for the Colts? Yes. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Well, look at me. Okay. You think Pat has everything in control here. He's beating him down on Adam Cole. Cole has had enough. He runs at him with the pump kick. So he he actually lifts the top over him. So yeah. uh, Pat's like sorting out that. And then oh, he, he hockey jerseys and He jerseys yeah, yeah. him, yeah. Canadian hockey fight style. Puts the shirt over him and then hits him with the pump kick to the face. And then one of my favorite moves in all of pro wrestling, the Ushigoroshi, which Pat McAfee sells like he's dead it looks fantastic he took it it's all about the selling like people these celebrities that come in and stuff never know how to it's it must be hard to learn how to sell in wrestling i'm not a wrestler i've never wrestled but it's all about the selling and pat mcfee looks like this move is the finish like the golden move here but he kicks out 
of the Ushiguroshi. Not quite the suplex lift of the Ushiguroshi. Sushiguroshi. But looks great. Uh, Adam Cole's like, all right, you kicked out of that. Okay. And he's, he, he starts getting him into the corner here. They're up top. He's going for some sort of maneuver on Pat. Pat fights back. And Adam Cole is like, nah. And like pushes Pat off the top turnbuckle. Pat McAfee does a moonsault in the air. Lands on his feet. <laughs> Looked great. <laughs> Runs up the turnbuckle like Kurt Angle and his cat-like agility. He just leapt from the mat to the top rope. There was no running up it. He just leapt right to the top. Lucha Pat flies up onto the <laughs> top turnbuckle like Kurt Angle, like the cat, and hits a superplex onto Adam Cole, all for a two-count. Wow. The crowd here in full sail. Shotzi Blackheart, she's going nuts. Kona Reeves, he's going nuts. Wow, mamma mia. Uh, they somehow get back onto the outside again, and they're brawling around the ring. And Cole is, like, laid in the ring, but his, his body and head is sticking out. Pat goes for what we think is the punt, but Adam Cole moves out of the way, and Pat accidentally punts the the steps. So he starts to sell that his, his leg is injured here. He's selling the leg. See, it's all about the selling. Uh, and he's like, oh, I don't know what to do here. He gets back in the ring, and Cole smells the blood in the water and attacks the leg and locks in, uh, he hits it with a super kick first and then locks in the figure four leg lock. He said, look, you're doing the Ric Flair pose. Why don't you try getting put in the figure four? And Pat, we think he's getting the pinfall here. He's taking the pin, but he gets somehow gets out of it. Uh, we, this is like a double turn situation, right? You think Pat's supposed to be the bad guy, but pretty much, I mean, this, this, Hogan. If this was in front of a crowd, this would have been a double turn. They'd be booing this figure four. They'd be cheering for Pat to reach the ropes to reverse it. Because um, our friend Hogan in the chat was like, this is better than Stone Cold Brett. The best then, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Pat, though, he was getting the, the, the crowd going crazy, I guess you could say. But then he does show his true colors. When the ref is kind of distracted, not gets kind of pushed away here, dodging a move. Pat hits a low blow onto Adam Cole and then runs at him. Pat McAfee must love watching his All Japan Pro Wrestling and runs at Adam Cole with a huge lariat like Stan Hansen, crushing him, spinning him inside out. Just looks awesome here. Um, not quite not as quite as good as Stan or JBL, the chat room was saying. But no, look better great. than JBL. Oh, better than JBL? Better All than right. JBL, yeah, not quite as good as Stan. Yeah. Uh, and then he, some, it's not quite a three there, but he goes and hits like the, the punt in some capacity, like punts Adam Cole like in the face here, and he's getting, he's getting hyped up. Pat with the straps off. Pat takes his top off, tops off for Pat. He goes up to the top rope and goes, Pat McAfee, bay bay, and goes for a double axe handle. So. <laughs> Must be a Macho Man fan. Th- this felt like to me, you know when you're uh, you're doing create a wrestler <laughs> yeah. on 2K or whatever, no mercy, and you're like, ah, oh, I'm gonna give my my guy a swanton to the outside. I'm gonna give my guy a, a moon salt, and then you, you can't be bothered to fill that third and fourth slot of top rope moves. Mm. It's just like generic double axe handle, mm. which I think after all the stuff we've seen him do at this point, <laughs> you're like, oh, and it's like, oh, I just hit B, and oh, that's a bit boring. <laughs> <laughs> he goes for this. But instead of hitting the double axe handle, he eats a super kick from Adam Cole. And now he's just laying there. Adam Cole goes to take the knee pad off for the last shot, but then goes, no, 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 no. And then Adam Cole gets in position on the second in between the top rope and is answering the question we were all asking ourselves when we thought, hey, Pat McAfee's going to be in a match. Do you think 
he will A, take a Canadian Destroyer, or B, do a Canadian Destroyer. Well, survey says A, because Adam Cole hits Pat McAfee with the sunset, or sorry, the Panama City Sunrise, or the Canadian Destroyer, crushes him. Adam Cole pins Pat McAfee at TakeOver 30. Wow. Wow. What just, I'm, wow. Turn I'm, the show off now. I'm stealing a line from the YouTube room. Let's call him Postman Pat because he delivered. Wow. Tonight. Postman um, Pat delivered. I think you can hear in our voices when we're like genuinely excited about a match. And I, I thought this was great. I think we, we kind of dug this feud a bit more than other people did going into it. Um, we get it. It's like celebrity angles. I'd say the last, like, good celebrity going into it was maybe Stephen Amell. I'd say he, wow. he did some cool stuff. I'd say this is the best celebrity match we've seen. I think Pat McAfee from his, his promo to his, as you said, selling ability during the match to the stuff he was able to pull off was great. You're in there with one of the best. Like, Adam Cole isn't going to... I mean, I say that he had the dream matches at TakeOver, but he's going to want to put on as good a match as possible. And it's a challenge to him. But also, I think there's something in... McAfee's an athlete. He's not an actor. This is a athlete. And when you go and look at those... Like, my mum loves, like, Strictly Come Dancing, Dancing with the Stars, those kind of shows. <laughs> sure. When you watch it, the the athletes, like, the Olympians always do really well because they've got that mentality of needing to win and needing to be good at something. Whereas an actor or a comedian or whatever can do it for a bit of a laugh. Ah, let's give this a go. This guy has clearly put in the training, has clearly put in the work, and and it's been a bit of a... Like a big secret, I guess, because he pulled off such a good first match. Um, top that he Dominic, did. I would say. Dominic's in trouble tomorrow night at SummerSlam. Uh, yeah, look, Pat McAfee is doing dives off the top onto everyone. Gronk couldn't even fall backwards a few feet. Gronk needed a 74-year-old man to say, look, this is how you fall backwards off it, of a thing. It was lit, though, wasn't it? You <laughs> we were like, oh, man, I still hate you, but oh, I kind of still love you at the same yeah, time. Know, so, isn't it weird? Oh, Vince, man. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, this was super impressive. How is it that NXT manages to get over a guy the most, more than your champion, who is not a wrestler? Like, you get over this guy who's not even a wrestler, and he's more over than everyone right now. So, we've thankfully got the YouTube room who some people have been listening to the Triple H conference. We've got more news from that coming up later. Uh, But he said that, he basically confirmed that Pat McAfee will most likely have a few more matches. And good, because he should after this performance. Rematch. In the fight pit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, Pat McAfee, you, you wrestled a fun match. That was a lot of fun. I think what made it even more fun was like, okay, we know you're not a wrestler, and clearly you have been training for a little while mm. before this. This was planned out, right? And then yeah. it's like, okay, let's see what you can do, and then does this, and you're like, well, all right, that was pretty good. And, but a lot of people go, hey, I don't... Celebrity angles, that's not my NXT. No, That's not. not why I grow to, like have grown to like an NXT. But then they've kind of just done a... just an NXT celebrity match. You know, taken something main roster does and made it good. Yeah. It, this was... This was... 
what I wasn't really expecting this, which I I think we were like really positive on it, and then we got to the match and it's like, okay, this goes one of two ways, where he just gets killed by Adam Cole or he beats Adam Cole, and I'm happy he didn't beat Adam Cole because the dude was champion for like a year, and the dude is one of the best wrestlers we have here and should be protected like in this. But this was so much fun to watch because you're just like, hey, they booked this proper from the dives to the to the moves to to him getting pinned off the destroyer. This was so much fun to watch. You know what? I, is this the match of the night? I think this is match of the I night. Think, I think for me, this was the most enjoyable match. This was yeah. the most... I got into the show. This was the match the YouTube room got into the show. And like looking on Twitter and stuff, it's been pretty much praise for this match. Um, I enjoyed some of the other matches. Me but too. this was the most enjoyable. Wow. Big match, Pat. Shorts on for Pat, because that was lit. Pat McAfee. Who would have thought? Wow. But Adam Cole beat him, so that means either Adam Cole goes on to maybe go back on the title course or your dream match of Kyle versus Adam in NXT, maybe, one day. There was no UE here breaking up. You you were you were adamant that they were going to break up. <laughs> I, I've been saying that. Someone in the, uh, in the room was saying, why would you do that on a pay-per-view? Do that on a Wednesday when you actually want yeah. to like gain viewership. Yeah, yeah. Which makes sense. Uh, so, Pat McAfee... Losing to Adam Cole, but in strong fashion. That was that was awesome. The spot where he jumps up like a cat is just fucking crazy. I really impressed by this du- this dude. Um, and he was a football player. What did he say? Nine professions. He's good at nine professions. No, I think he said he's done seven, and this will be the eighth or something like that. Good for him. Yeah. Good for you, Pat. Hats off for Pat. It's the Pat trick. Uh, let's go to the NXT Women's World Championship. Io Shirai, the champion. Defending against Dakota Kai. Now look, I've said on it up next before. Io Shirai gets me high. Dakota Kai also gets me high. Both of them, I think, are fantastic wrestlers and awesome um, characters here on NXT as of late. And this match will get me high. You know, I said the last match was my match of the night. Maybe I forgot because I really kind of got into this next match. Um, Io Shirai and Dakota Kai had this little feud going where Dakota Kai is trying to prove that she's not a scared little girl anymore. She's a badass, and she's going to beat anyone and take anyone, and she doesn't need friends, but then, shocker, she still has friends. Raquel. Friends. Gonzalez. Friends. And Gonzalez, like, showed up again this past Wednesday, and, of course, is going to be out here with... It's it's Lady Diesel? Yes. Dakota is Sean, then Lady Diesel mm-hmm. is Raquel. Um, so, I mean, we've seen some pretty great moonsaults from Pat McAfee, who may be the, the genius of the sky, but the real genius of the sky, Io Shirai, is here. Uh, I'm, I was super looking forward to this match, I'd say, out of all the matches. Um, early in this match, though, we, I got a little, my heart skipped a beat for a second, because Io Shirai does this classic spot where she ducks one of your moves, and then backflips, backflips, backflips. She just does a series of backflips, like she's just gonna back away from you and she does and we think maybe one or even two but then goes for it and just her wrist it looks like gives out uh i don't have the injury updates on on neo shirai this time unless this is a planned spot and if it was wow because it just looks like she falls on her head and is like out of it yeah it looked like she fell on her head and it's one of those things where i just think she's an incredible seller and the fact that it happened very early on and then the whole rest of the match was uh, Dakota targeting her shoulder um, maybe it was a similar to the Gargano spot this week where oh that looked nasty 
let's sell that and use it. Sure. Um, I think she's okay because she wrestled for quite a bit of time after there. I haven't heard anything come out in the kind of Triple H call yeah. uh, that she's hurt. But it it made for a much more interesting match because it then put Dakota on top, who I don't think... I like Dakota Kai. I don't think she anyone really bought her winning this. But from that angle right at the beginning, you go, okay, Dakota's got an advantage here and could maybe take her. Yeah, I didn't like Dakota Kai having to like take so long to beat uh, Jesse Kamehameha on Wednesday. Yes. Um, th- that was kind of like weird. They should have just had her kill her and then kind of stand tall and then do the angle with Io, which they did anyways. But I digress. So Io kind of lands on her head and somehow manages to get to her feet again and goes, uh, they go kind of toe and toe, throwing each other against the ropes. She goes for the tiger faint kick early, but it's a miss and eats a boot to the face. And then this is where Dakota Kai starts to work the arm, the shoulder, and the wrist of Io Shirai, just pulling and wrenching. But Shirai comes back with one of my favorite moves, the Shote palm strike to the face, and then hits the Tiger Fang kick, the 619, and the springboard drop kick. I wonder if we'll see a 619 tomorrow from Dominic that looks that good. There's a springboard drop kick and then a standing double stomp and then another one on the apron to Dakota Kai, which just looks like it hurts so much. Do you know why? Why? Because it's the hardest part of the it ring. It is the hardest part of the <laughs> it ring. It hurts even more. Did uh, Beth tell us? <laughs> Beth told us. Come on. Was it Vic uh, Joseph? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Beth's line now. <laughs> Beth has said it's the one said it's the most difficult part <laughs> the of the ring. The most difficult part of the ring. <laughs> I was like, you mean hardest part <laughs> of the ring? Difficult, hardest, most difficult. Well, it wasn't that difficult. Io Shirai doesn't get counted out here. Comes back with the scorpion kick, the overhead kick there, um, and then Io just gets dumped into the corner with like this counter of the German with the throw into the corner. But then Io fights back, counters Dakota, hits the running knees in the corner, and again and again, the bullet train here is on a roll. She's hitting these these knees, and then Eo like hangs Dakota upside down and hits the classic stomp there. Uh, and this is where it's really getting crazy and, and picking up here. There's then like a headbutt from Dakota Kai who just stops Eo in her tracks and then flips over with like a, a modified chiropractor, but Eo kicks out. This looked awesome. Dakota Kai then locks in an arm bar, but somehow, someway, Io gets the ropes. There's then a, a rope hung go to kick, but Io, once again, her foot is on the rope. The ref won't count the, 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 the pin. There's then the face wash running to Io, but she moves out of the way, and the ref eats the boot to the face, and the ref dies. He dies. I think the ref just goes to sleep forever. He does. It's Carl Anderson Jr. The, this ref. He, he looked, yeah, cross between him and Arturo Huas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this ref just dies for so long. The selling of him is just super dramatic. Um, and then EO hits the moonsault. Now, look, Pat had a good one, but EO is still the genius. It's the speed she has with her. It's crazy. She hits it, but there's no ref to count it. Q Raquel Gonzalez, who comes in and crushes EO. She folds EO upside down with the Texas tornado bomb here. The ref, she put, picks up the ref, who just miraculously wakes up at this moment in time, goes over. Dakota Kai puts her arm over Io Shirai's shoulder. The ref counts one, two, but she kicks out at two. And then the ref just goes back to being dead again. Yeah, he... <laughs> it's so funny, you referees. They, like, wake him up. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I got a I'm job good. to do. Oh, no, my head still hurts. I'm going back to sleep. Oh. <laughs> Io Shirai gets, fights back with a cross face. And this is where you think Io Shirai has it. But somehow, Dakota 
gets out of the crossface, but Io Shirai has had enough of her bullshit. Grabs both both wrists of Dakota Kai. It's double wrist control. Not mm-hmm. even just single wrist control. Double wrist control. And Io Shirai hits the Kamagoye to Dakota Kai, which is the holding the wrists up and then just slamming the knee right into your yep. face. The Kamagoye. I'm trying to put her name into it as a pun, but it's Io? really hard. Kamagoye. So the Kamagoye. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's not working. It's no. definitely not working. <laughs> we'll think of a better name. Uh, it is the move of Kota Ibushi. And if that wasn't enough to make you think of Kota Ibushi, the Kamagoye sends Dakota Kai, who gets pulled out of the ring by Raquel. Raquel, sorry. Io then hits the golden triangle moonsault onto Dakota and to Gonzalez, rolls Dakota back into the ring, climbs up the top rope. Io Shirai once again hits the moonsault to Dakota. Io Shirai pins Dakota Kai and retains the title of being the most high. Io Shirai is still the champ. Uh, I really like the match. It took me a little bit of time to get into it. I think at first, because I was kind of worried, I I was questioning it. I was like, is Io selling or is she actually hurt? Uh, I think it ended up being she was just selling. She's just really good at wrestling. Right, you know. Um, But as I said, it, it gave enough doubt that Dakota Kai might win this. And then with the ref bump and Raquel Gonzalez... I thought it added some uh, some drama to the match. And these two are just, they're both great. It didn't quite reach that level of like a Candice EO from last year. Uh, but I thought this was a pretty strong women's title match. Yeah, you know what? It took me a few minutes to kind of get into it. But once it kind of had the flow that I think they were trying to get from the, straight, the, straight from the beginning, it really worked for me. I, I, I really got suckered in here with the... Once it kind of started going really fast with back and forth. And you, you kind of could bite on the fact that that Dakota could get the win over Io because Raquel was there to kind of do some of her bidding and helping her win this. And you thought, oh, this could potentially be... Like I said, Io Shirai, my favorite wrestler, I'm wearing her shirt right now. Every every time she gets a, a near fall here, Dakota getting a near fall, my heart was jumping. I'm like, no, no, not this way. I want Io to have this this epic title reign. And she's she's having it with a defense like this. I, you know what? I, I really love Pat McAfee and Adam Cole, but this this really got me this at didn't the second dis- half. Yeah, yeah, this didn't disappoint. No, I, it especially actually, like I the last it. five minutes of this match, I really got into it. Yeah, I really like this. And the Kamagoya, I think we screamed at our television when Pat McAfee was jumping all <laughs> over the place, but we also screamed, I know your favorite wrestler, Kota Ibushi, when we hit, she hit this Kamagoye, we both, I think, put our hands over our faces like, what, did she just really do that? Followed she by the Golden that? Triangle yeah, as well. Yeah, it was like, whoa, like, this I is... I thought fuck- she was with evil. Uh, yeah. What's evil? What's going on? <laughs> evil, evil, trust me, evil ain't doing nothing. That was a double whatever, but yeah. Uh, this was this was a lot of fun, and I'm happy that Io Shirai wins. And it kind of can show you that, look, Dakota Kai can hang too, but don't, don't know where we go from her, but definitely another challenger down the way for Io Shirai. This, this reign is, is going to keep going, and, I, and I'm really a big fan of it. This was fun. Uh, damn, that Kamagoye was lit. We have an announcement for NXT UK. Remember that? That was a thing. Yeah. Was that a thing? That was a thing. It was. They have a video package. There's a... Uh, the blue sky, some trees, some horses, and uh, NXT UK will be returning September 17th with all your favorite stars. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seemed like they weren't showing all our favorite stars or right. all the stars, but yeah, 
We won't get into that. Um, someone in the YouTube room said that apparently these are being taped at BT Studios, which is where the boxing in the UK takes place. And apparently it's it's been a really good setup there um, and the production has been really good. So uh, this, this could actually look really nice. And I imagine this is something that uh, BT Sport in the UK are really going to push. Uh, this side of the pond, maybe we won't be as like bothered about it. Like, right. We, We've never really been bothered about NXT UK apart from the takeovers. Well, I think a lot. Uh, I think a lot of people are bothered by NXT UK. Well, yeah, that's another thing. But you know, like, interest. Um, yeah. And I think we'll uh, we'll probably still dip in and out and look at the takeovers. But maybe with with BT having this and this could be on a good hour on on one of their channels in the UK. You don't know if this will get interest over there or not. Um, I know from myself and a lot of my kind of. British friends, they're kind of completely checked out of British wrestling. Why wouldn't you be? Yeah, of course, um, of course, definitely. I, I don't, I don't know what they're. It's, it's from the ground up essentially now. Yeah. It really is from the, the ground up. You have Walter, cool. He's your champ who's not been on TV for months. And it's like, yeah, the world's in a terrible spot right now. But so is NXT UK. You guys, uh, the UK like. British wrestling scene is a little messed up right now. It's 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 tough. It's really tough. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's already hard enough talking about Velveteen Dream. So I'm happy yeah. I don't watch NXT UK every week. Uh, I totally glossed over the fact that Raquel attacked Io after this match, and Rhea Ripley came out for the save. And you thought Rhea Ripley was gonna attack Io because Rhea came out with black lipstick on, and that always signals a heel turn. Yeah, and even after the match, like you think. She's kind of stood behind her and you get, here it goes, here it goes, and then they just show a replay. Um, yeah. I, I think Ripley should turn, um, but it looks like we're going for a Ripley-Gonzalez feud, which, what happened to the Ripley-Mercedes-Martinez feud? So many feuds. Or are we just going to get big girls wrestling? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> big girl, big gals wrestling? Big gals wrestling! <laughs> Rhea Ripley and... and a triple threat. Gonzales Rhea, Gonzalez, and Mercedes. They're tall. That could be great. Yeah. That could be awesome. Wow. Throw Nia Jackson there? No. Yeah. Um, we have another return. This Wednesday, you can hear the heartbeat. It's Tomasa Champa returning. The Blackheart. This Wednesday... Yeah, the the YouTube chat room say big last wrestling. Big last wrestling, of course. Yeah, how stupid can Wait, we be? It's been a long yeah. day, guys. It is. It Come has. On. It has. Uh, yes, we have Champa returning this Wednesday. The last time we saw him when he when he when he got destroyed by Karrion Cross. So this is uh, interesting for all those people wondering where he is. Uh, we also have a shot. Uh, you know, in takeovers, we we go to your front row and we see who the next big stars are yep. of NXT. Well, this just throws to former NXT star. Technically, Cesaro. Uh, yeah, current SmackDown Tag Team Champion. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> he's a champ right now. <laughs> uh, Cesaro in a mask, a purple shirt, and a nice gold chain. He's looking. He's looking he looking fresh. fresh. He was, he's going out after this show. That's for sure. With Damian Priest, maybe. Uh, <laughs> which reminds me, it cuts now to Damian Priest, who's got his newly won. North American Championship, and he goes into a hot tub with two gals. They've got multiple bottles of champagne, maybe some prosecco. Not sure. We have a bottle in the fridge for later. Uh, one of the one of the girls I, I recognized is Brandy Lauren. Yeah, she's just always showing up on WWE TV. Don't know how uh, Joey Janela feels about uh, her in, in a hot tub with Damian Priest here on TV, but that's okay. 
Um, he's got all the bubbly. He's pouring it all over. He's celebrating. He's like, hey, you know, life is, champ. life is good. And I'm the champ. I deserve this. I won. Uh, it's a little bit of the bubbly. This was funny. This was great. It has nothing on the photo that Triple H posted just oh, yes. after this. Oh, yeah. Which is, Triple H always takes a picture with you when you win a title in NXT. Like, he's the proud dad. Like, look yeah. at my son. He's won this. He did this on his own. <laughs> Triple H always posts the photo. And in this photo, it's the photo of Triple H still there behind Damien Priest outside the hot tub with the, the girl on each side. It's fantastic. Oh, my it's God. It's so good. I want this framed. Uh, yeah, like, how can you not like Damien Priest after this? Like, if you're not a fan, you're like, yeah, fair play. Yeah, you won. Fair play. If I win a title, I don't want to be just waiting backstage having Uncle Paul come up to me. Like, I want a hot tub waiting. I want a hot tub. Bubbly. Bubbly. Brandy Lauren. Brandy Lauren. The other, the other woman in this was Triple H is like, yo, Anderson. we were meant to have a, have a photo. <laughs> yeah, come here. Bubbly. You want a photo? I'm already in this hot tub, and trust me, my trunks are not on. I'm not getting out. <laughs> Uh, I loved it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm getting into this Damien Priest character, I've got to admit. <laughs> we were talking uh, during the watch-along about how Damien Priest was wearing all these chains, like Shawn Michaels' retro attire, like Rhea Ripley's chains that he just randomly wears. And that, you know, he, he his gimmick is that he just hangs out in, like, the Blade Club. Yep. But, like, do they have those in Florida is what we are arguing. And a lot of the people in our chat room were like, uh, it's Florida. They have everything. <laughs> They have everything. Uh, so we go to our main event of the evening, the NXT World Championship. Keith Lee, the champion, defending against the newcomer here in NXT, the undefeated, the doomsday, fallen prey, Karrion Cross, who comes out with Scarlet with his epic entrance here. Now, we mentioned this TakeOver 30 is lit with all the fire everywhere throughout the entire show. It's all just based around him because he loves fire. He loves fire. This this entrance looked fantastic. Yeah. Um, so much flames. This is, this is a proper TakeOver entrance here, right? The only difference is when the entrance finished... <laughs> a really polite... I think someone in the YouTube room said a golf clap. It's like so quiet. It was a really polite applause of this entrance. This guy needs to be in the Thunderdome. He does. He really does. He looks like a Thunderdome. He's the walking Thunderdome. He is Thunderdome. the Thunderdome. Like, look at this guy. He yeah. looks like he's in Mad Max or something. Uh, Karrion Cross is the challenger here with Scarlet in this all black, like, leather Catwoman vibes I got out of this. Michelle Pfeiffer, maybe. Um, and then Keith Lee, who's the champion just comes out in his sleeveless hoodie. <laughs> yeah, we. it's one of those things. I always love kind of a takeover gear, a WrestleMania gear. Keith Lee has been in his kind of indie gear this whole time. And I'm with you. I, I'm not as anti this hoodie as you are, but you, you were giving it some grief on the watch along. And I don't disagree. It, it just looks... This guy's meh. the champion, and he's been wearing this gear since he signed, before he signed. He's been wearing yeah. this outfit since he was in PWG, in Evolve. And now he's champion, and he comes out with, like, a, a, a cartoon of his own self doing a pose on his own jacket. Like, what? That's your steez? That's your flex? We had Pat McAfee rocking custom Nikes, <laughs> and you're coming out dressed like this, and you're the champ? What's going on here? The dude who's challenging you comes out... With his girl, first, where's Mia? She could have came out, you know, just to even the score. There's someone ringside. You have, you have Karrion Cross who comes out with 
fucking flames and like this epic shit and then Keith Lee comes out like yeah alright let's go maybe Ask it's just his thing though it's like I don't need all the frills I just need myself singing myself out you know what he, you know <laughs> what? he sure does okay. he does there I said it Keith Lee needs the frills but I mean character wise character wise no like, I'm a wrestler I'm the best wrestler I wouldn't say that I think Keith Lee for me I, I loved him winning the titles I think as soon as Vince McMahon saw him we lost Keith Lee that was it. We lost him. He hadn't done NXT stuff since he's been hot in, in WWE fans' eyes. Think about it. He did Survivor Series. He did the Rumble. And it's he hasn't been the same since. Sorry. It's true. He hasn't. He's had some good matches. He's won some matches. He's had some good matches. But before, he was having bangers. He was having show stealers. And he hasn't done that in a long time. And I thought tonight would surely be the time that that happened. And unfortunately, this isn't one of those times. Uh, we joked about Pat McAfee. Being the uh, the main event, and I and I sure wish that was the main event. Now, by the time we're recording this, we're live right after NXT went to air. Thankfully, our uh, our great YouTube chat room has informed us that Triple H, who went uh, and did his media call, his post takeover media call, kind of saying, "Hey, that was a fun show," mentioned off the top uh, that Karrion Cross was suffered an injury. From this match. Yeah. He was injured. He apparently, yeah, separated his shoulder. Um, yeah. So and this... a, the way Triple H was speaking, apparently it doesn't sound too good. Yeah. So apparently Karrion Cross after this match uh, has been looked at and it's not looking good for Karrion Cross. He's got an injury. And I, I am usually a very positive person on this show. That explains what we're about to watch and talk about. Because this match was not a takeover level main event. It wasn't a TV level main event. This was uh, a lot of people stroking their beards, stroking their head, questioning what's what's going on here in this match. And now, after the fact, knowing about the injury, you kind of can piece together why this maybe didn't click as well as you thought it would. But uh, I guess we should just get into the match and then kind of go into that. But sure. I thought I'd mention that off the top because... Um, Karrion Cross's character, when he, ha- he comes into NXT, he's all spooky, he's all wild, he's got his, his training videos that you kind of see in between. He looks like a legitimate threat, he looks like a legitimate badass, and then he's been crushing people. Uh, he kills people in like five minutes, that's been his gimmick. And then he even just washed Champa at TakeOver, like it was nothing. So that you figure, we had the YouTube watch along, we, we had, are we going over under on 10 minutes here, people? Like, what are we doing? Uh, it didn't go that. It went way longer than that. And it kind of just starts off as a regular, like, WWE match here. The bell rings and Keith Lee runs at Cross with, like, almost like a pounce, which knocks him off his feet. And he's kind of like, all right, all right. And they start to go on the outside and they start to fight. And Cross has the offense and goes to punch him, but misses and hits, like, the, the plexiglass, which kind of just, like, flies all over the place. Um, Cross is now in the ring with Lee, wearing him down, and has like certain arm holds Lee and ran, arm It's the classic Lee runs shoulder first into the ring post on the outside. So now that is what Cross is targeting for the rest of the match. He's going after his arm. Uh, Lee tries to get some offense, but then Cross like does some sort of flying arm bar and has that locked in. But Lee is trying to keep it locked, not letting the fingers break. But when he does, he gets to his feet and then kind of slams Cross down. Lee tries to get some offense. He picks him up. They, he throws him against the ropes, catches Cross 
and hits like the spinning power slam, almost like the tour of the islands, if you will, but only a two count. Cross hits a DDT at one point here, and for for this, I looked at my clock, and we were way beyond the 10-minute mark. Yeah, so at this point, I was saying during the watch-along, I think we've we've seen Shawn Michaels' hands on a lot of these main events over the last year or so, um, with his, I believe he's a producer, like a road agent, if you will, and we often get these long, drawn-out main events, and they've been kind of a bit tired and played out by now and it felt like i was going okay so this is the beginning of the match this 15 minutes of not a whole deal happening and then we're going to go into kind of the next chapter and this we're probably looking at a 40 minute epic that we're going for which you start building up and up and up we were waiting for the long winding road the long royal winding road yeah and just it never happened. So 15 minutes in, we've pretty much got what would normally be your first two, three minutes of a match, I'd say. Look, I, look, looking at this now, knowing that the dude got injured, I, I can't tell you right off the bat because we're, we're just recording this right after the show. I don't know when it was that he got injured here, but clearly it took a factor in this match because it was such a slow pace and there was like no actual big spots that were actually happening. So it's like he hits a DDT, but even it was just like a DDT and they're going so slow, so long. And then cross hits the doomsday Saito, but it's not enough to keep Lee down. So he goes in for the sleeper and this is where it's a sleeper spot. So it's slow. And then we know he's won matches with the cross jacket sleeper, whatever you want to call it. But then Keith Lee starts to fight back. He puts his arm in the air. He's still alive. He gets to his feet. He makes it to the ropes. Somehow, Cross runs at him and gets caught in the air with the spirit bomb, but kicks out at two. thought this segment was probably the best bit of the match with the, with the sleeper hold because we've moved away from the arm in the air three times and then yeah. the whole cut bit. The way the ref was shaking Lee's... Look, arm around look good he looked out he looked out and then he's like all right well i'll just raise it to check and it he hulked up and hit the spirit bomb this was probably the most interesting part of the match which isn't saying much well it wasn't enough they get to their feet and now cross and lee are fighting in the corner they start to climb the top turnbuckle and carrying cross gains the advantage sets up lee off the top rope for the doomsday saito they crash land doesn't really look like it's a doomsday Saito. It's more of a back suplex back off the second. Back suplex role. off the second. Carrying Cross, then pins world champion Keith Lee to win the NXT Championship. Bet he wished that he kept that North American title. Oh, fall and pray that yeah. his injury isn't that bad. Uh this this look, I I it sucks that the guy got injured and it, it really does suck. Um maybe they should have went home earlier with the the match depending on when the injury happened. Uh but this was uh a, this was really unfortunate for especially like the main debut m- main event title win of this guy and it just felt super lackluster. This- Felt really whack. As you said, I don't know when the injury took place, whether it was super early and the whole match was affected by this, whether it was even that final Doomsday Saito that might have done it. But this was weak. This was maybe the worst main event in Takeover. takeover. Um, 
I kind of felt similar with the with the cross thing. I th- I think if you were going to put him over, uh, sorry, with the Champa match, if you're going to put him over, it should be like either really quick or have an epic match. And now we don't know if the the injury kind of took away from that, but the finish sucked. It sucked. The Saito off the top off the second rope. We've seen this guy like take what Canadian destroyers off the top rope yeah. and kick out the and he gets back dropped. Yeah. Um, really lame. I said, I feel bad now because we we've learned about this injury, but yeah, it, this wasn't good. Look, this really wasn't good. And maybe like, I, I don't know about, I'm look, I'm not a wrestler and it's very easy for me to sit here in my room in front of a microphone saying, Oh, well maybe just call an audible and have Keith Lee win. But Maybe you do that if you feel your shoulder pop and just bring it home early. I I don't know. Th- so apparently it's good. apparently it's five or six minutes in, and you can see Karrion kind of talking to the the referee, kind okay. of telling him about like, "Hey, I'm I'm injured." But yeah, uh, this was this was such a big letdown, and of course it's because of an injury, and it's so unfortunate. And we sound like complete assholes, being like, "Oh, this sucked because the guy was injured." But yeah. We were all looking really forward to this match, and we did not get it. Uh, this was this this was really uh, awkward to watch. It, they just stunk up the place. I really feel like uh, this takeover had its ups and downs because we started with a match that we went uh, started with a match that shouldn't have been on the show. And then if, went if we're to, being honest, yeah. And then we went to a few things that we really got into, and then it ended with such a, a low note. I will say the epic shot of Karrion Cross with the title and Scarlet with the flames at the end, where he's probably using the non-injured arm, uh, holding up the title here, is epic. Like with the flames shooting out and everything, you're like, oh, this was totally made to, to for you. It was made for this, and it's like, oh, this match sucks. I do think Keith Lee is maybe... I, I like Keith Lee, but I think maybe he's not the right opponent for this guy either. A guy whose whole offense is those Saito suplexes. I can see, if we assume we're going with Bala, seeing that he, he won that opening match and you normally have these kind of unofficial number one contender matches. Yeah. Bala makes sense to me. You can build up to the demon against the killer. Right, the, he didn't look like a killer today. But I, I think, I think, uh, like theoretically, that would be a better match. But we don't know how long uh, crosses out, and it looks like this title could be vacated. Yeah, look, I, I feel for this guy so bad. He had it written in the stars for him here tonight. He really, they, they made this around for him. They put the the whole fire thing like it was made for him to win his big big win. He got the big win, and storyline wise, like he's fine. Just like. Ah, I really wish this kind of worked out uh, in a better way. And I hope the dude is okay. Because you know what? I still think he can come back from this and still be a big star. It's just really unfortunate that this took place at his big coming out. It's supposed to be his coming out party. A big, big title win. And you're so... F- in NXT, You don't. that doesn't happen. You don't just get signed and then win the title. It's very rare that that has happened. So, uh, yeah. I, 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 I can't, it sounds terrible to say, but... This was one of the most lackluster main events in in Takeover. It, it was. Yeah. It took thirty takeovers, but we finally got a really bad main event. Um, and it's it's not it's not anyone's fault. It's the injury, and it's, it's just really unfortunate. But um, I'd say that top to bottom, this was a lot of fun. But now, do do we go with with a Finn Balor? Do we do we do we just wait for Cross to get better before we can challenge? Because like, when's the next takeover? It's not going to be for a while. 
Or do we do the logical thing, people, and that's put the strap on Pat? That's what we do. We give Pat McAfee the title, and he becomes the biggest attraction and steals. He's the true demo god, really, uh, if you ask me. Uh, look, this was this was uh, not the greatest takeover, but for what they could do and what they delivered, I thought they did deliver. I thought this was a lot of fun. It's just I, that the main event was a big stinker. Mm, I don't think they did deliver. They didn't deliver you've, you've a, got a takeover. Card, you've got a far, card of five matches. One of those matches you didn't build uh, and was mediocre. Another, The main event sucked. Sure, an injury happened. It sucked. Let's be honest. Three out of five isn't good enough for me with takeover. It's and sort of like we've come to expect something. Yeah, sure. You look at the talent in there. You look at the amount of weeks. Maybe stop focusing on like whether you want to be AEW or not, whether you're a developmental brand, whether you're not. They're so all over the place with what NXT is right now. Just focus on long-term booking. That's That was always their strength. When they, they managed to pre-tape and they'd, they'd have a plan and you'd know, you'd know what the card is four weeks away from a takeover and you'd be so hyped for it. Like throwing together a match on Twitter mere days before, that sucks. You've got five matches to promote in a couple of months and they didn't do it. I thought the matches I wanted to see, the ladder match and the and the women's match I thought were going to be the standout they're, matches and they were good. They were, were they were they like takeover level? Yeah, you know what? They were the ladder match was the best one I've seen since this like pandemic era. And for a women's title match, I thought that was pretty good. But my highlight was a former football player be losing to the former champion it was so much fun it was a lot of fun but like yeah that was the meat of the show but the opener and the ending were really bad and that's what you call a compliment sandwich but inverted there it, it wasn't you put the real compliments inside and the real bad yeah. things on the outside because that's what and this those was. three matches were good and i would say kind of takeover worthy um it's, it's just really unfortunate that this this happened because it is carrying cross was a long-term thing they had planned for a, quite a while clearly this is what they had, like, hey, let's book this guy just to the, the moon. Um, and it didn't quite work out that way because now they're kind of in this position. It's like, look at, like, Finn Balor won the title and then it was injured right away. Like, that sucks so bad. And that's what now has happened to, to Cross. And it's just super unfortunate. And I hope the dude is all right. But damn, that, that was, that, that main event. I wouldn't necessarily say TakeOver 30 was a letdown. I think that's a little harsh. But I would definitely say that that main event, Keith Lee, I'd say Keith Lee has been a little bit but of a But you know what? Down. That's what we say about WWE main roster pay-per-views. We go, uh, but this match was this good. This match was good. I really enjoyed this match and this match. But you're talking about... This like, feels like so WWE main roster. It does. Whereas yeah. I'm so used to every match hitting. Maybe one match which is like, eh. It's true. Three out of five isn't good enough for me. No, it, it, was, it was not one of the best takeovers, definitely. But... Uh, for me, I I really liked Io Shirai and Dakota. I really liked the ladder, ma- ladder match, but my highlight was Pat McAfee and Adam Cole. And how wild is that to say? In, in- well, let's see what you guys think. Uh, we do po- post feedback uh, every week for Up Next, uh, every Wednesday, and for every takeover on the Post Wrestling Forum, forum.postwrestling.com. We start off with mystery. Hiya! Thought tonight's NXT TakeOver was pretty great. But there were two big problems I had, both in the same match. Balor Thatcher was a great technical match. The ladder match was there. Dream in it completely soured me on the match. Priest winning was the right call, though. Cole versus McAfee was my match of the night. <laughs> Shirai versus Kai was also really great, and I'm glad EO overcame the odds. Not exactly a fan of them teasing Rhea as champion again, though. EO has so much more she can do. 
The less I say about Cross Lee, the better. That match was very, very poor by even a normal episode of NXT standards. Putting the title on Cross was a massive mistake. No question of the week since I already asked you one. Okay. Well, yeah, again, you probably wrote this before you knew about the injury. Yeah. Because uh, it does sound terrible to be like, oh, that sucked. And it's like, yeah, the dude was really hurt. It's like, okay, well, it's still... Look, Kyrie Zane, who we have a cutout mm. right behind you right now, your favorite wrestler of all time, she got injured in that match with Charlotte. Was it a good match? No, it wasn't because she got injured. It's the same thing here. It didn't... doesn't. You can't put an asterisk like, well, because he got injured. No, sorry, it sucked. Uh, I know people love Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins from SummerSlam, but he got the injury in, in that match as well. And you you kind of knew in that one. You watched that one, you went, oh. If you go back and watch Cross Lee now, you're going to be like, oh, he's injured. Uh, I, I would say you would Seth know. and Finn still put on a good yeah, match. Yeah, they did. Like, like yeah. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, it's awful. The guy's hurt himself, but... Yeah. And, yeah. like it sucks, but fuck. It's incredible that these guys can continue for, what, it was six minutes in? He wrestles for another 16 minutes. Like, Bless him. That's awesome. Like, power to you. We go to Jake from the Windy City. Strong start, but then some reason took a slight turn in the middle. Oh, he's a little backwards. Pat McAfee sure as hell proved me wrong tonight, as he was the most impressive person on the show. Unless Keith, Keith Lee is moving brands, I don't understand taking the belt off him already. Keith needed a long title reign to establish himself. Instead, he relinquished one title and lost the other. Makes him look like a geek. It does, yeah. Real shame I'm really confused right now with NXT's booking lately, but then again, they've set the bar so incredibly high on these takeovers. However, looking forward to up next reviews and can't wait for the lit tailgate tomorrow. Thank you, Jake. Yeah, uh, it's, it's weird booking. We go to Mike Hogan. All right, mates, that takeover sucked. I would say I can't believe I've said that. However, it's 2020, so, you know, should be expected. I'm going to get all the bad out of the way first. Opener was hella disappointing. It's Finn Balor and Timothy Thatcher, and that is what they turned in. Ladder match got exciting near the end. However, would it have been that exciting if we weren't scared that Dream would win? Don't blame the guys for not going nuts in front of nobody, but Priest was probably the most meh of the three new guys they could have, uh, they could have given the win to. EO vs Dakota was good from what I saw. A foregone conclusion to me though. Feels weird the main setup seemed to have Rhea vs Reina rather than EO's next challenger, even if Rhea did give her the eyes. That main event. What the fuck was that? It wasn't a squash. It wasn't an epic. Everyone knew Cross was winning. The finish sucked. It didn't help either guy and left me disappointed on the show as a whole. Now for the good. Pat fucking McAfee. Greatest celebrity debut of all time. Get him on the roster full time. Incredible promo. Way better than he had any right to be. This should have main evented. Expected a UE turn, but guess we still have that to come. Yet sadly, that's all we have to look forward to, to me. NXT needs a real shake-up. Commit to a rebuilding phase, because right now, all established stars, Undisputed Era, Gargano, Champa feel like they're treading water. Sorry for the essay, just worried about my favourite brand. Shorts on for McAfee. Big love, guys. Hogan. Shorts on for McAfee, indeed. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's where it is right now. He also asks if Cross losing is... Oh, sorry, if Cross's injury is a kick up the arse that NXT needs, kind of shaking some long-term planning. We've seen often that's when WWE does well, when they're kind of backs against the wall. We go to MJ... Oh, we, oh, we, oh, we, oh, we, oh, I'm on fire is what he says. Oh, sorry. He's quoting the boss. He always sings to me. He always sends me texts when he's lit and it's oh, we, oh, we, oh. Yeah. But then I always sing, oh, 
Oh, I'm on fire. Because we both love the boss. That's cute. MJ says, <laughs> Moro not being on the show resulted in automatic minus one. I cannot stand Graves and he reeks of main roster. Trash. More on that in a second. Balor continues his winning ways since coming back to NXT. I don't think he's lost a feud and will be great. Big name to feed to Cross. He, again, I think he wrote this before we knew about the injury. Candice was the standout of another takeover on SummerSlam weekend. I think Bam Bam Bronson has a great future and Grimes is a cult hero. Ladder match was on par with TakeOver New Orleans. Candice made it a standout. Cancel the awards for 2020. Give them all to Pat Mack. I'd say more, but I have a feeling everyone will. EO is an incredible seller. Um, he said he voiced his opinion in the watch-along. Criticism for the main event is overdone. Cross is not a cool heel. He's a monster heel. His entrance was lit. And he had a big moment for his win. He'd be way too face. Lee has been built as a great baby face. He's got plenty of stuff in this match before losing suddenly. He didn't look weak in defeat. It was sudden and definitive. And MJ is wrong. And it's fine. MJ, you wrote way too much here that I'm not going to read. This takeover was great, and it only suffered the lack of moral. Luckily, I had you guys. Miss you and how we should have been together like we were last summer. Yeah, tonight was supposed to be in Boston for takeover and in New York for Wrestle Dynasty. And you can always go to the forum to continue the conversation and read all the kind of longer posts. We go to Jackie from Orlando. I feel the general opinion will be Cross versus Lee was bad, but I loved it. Felt very different than a typical NXT or WWE match. I really thought the show was great. My highlights being Balor and Thatcher, the Women's Championship and the main event. My only complaint was Dream in the ladder match. Any of his comebacks or offense felt so weird. Wish they'd just put someone else in that spot as he was... Pretty irrelevant. Who beats Cross? Someone currently on the main roster or somebody else? Sorry, on the roster or somebody else? Well... His injury. We don't know yet. It could be vacated. Who knows? We go to Wrestling Graham. My favorite takeover since last year's War Games, if not longer. Maybe even my favorite Corona-era wrestling show, top to bottom. Turns out, Pat McAfee rules. Best match ever, Celebrity Edition. Sounds like a good idea. That could for be the a case. good idea. Best celebrity involvement matches. Yeah. It's probably this one. Legit. Legit. Well, we've got to see Dominic tomorrow. Well, True. He's not a celebrity. He's just a normal. He's just a son. He's just Dominic. He's, he- He's not a celebrity, I guess. Is it true, Dad? He's just a guy's kid from 15 years ago. (laughs) There's Mayweather, Big Show. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, You want to read the last one here? Okay. Uh, Yeah. Oh, no, I think you skipped one. Uh, Oh, my bad. from the FW. Hey, guys. Overall, I felt this was an average takeover. My match of the night was the ladder match for the North American title. Glad to see someone new get a bit of a push, even if it wasn't my pick of Cameron Grimes. Especially glad to see they didn't do something dumb like Book Dream to win it. One question. Brayden, how could you forget the best football player turned wrestler wrestler of all time, Steve Mongo McMichaels? How could I? Wow, I'm. you're right. You're absolutely right. How could I? Uh, I didn't even know Mongo was a football player. I didn't even know Pat McAfee was a football player. <laughs> so, yeah, my apologies. How could I be wrong? And last one, Brandon from Oshawa. Glad that the overrated Keith Lee lost and proved he was nothing more than a transitional champion. And I can't believe anyone actually thought there would be a result other than Cross winning. Keith Lee was nothing before the move to USA. He fills up a, fills up a spot. He'll do the same on the main roster, and people will whine about it. Wow. Hot take from Brandon from Oshawa. Yeah. And I kind of think I'm on the same page, dude. Look, we kept saying Keith Lee was the ace in, in the in the 
sleeve of NXT and he, he showed up and he's been killing it, but it's almost like, yeah, he's just going to go to the main roster now. I feel absolutely the same way. I, I love Keith Lee, but I feel like he's gone stale a long time ago and he's become WWE. He's just become a WWE superstar. So yeah, uh, that's the feedback for the show. Thank you everyone for the feedback. Though. That is the feedback. And that's it for our yeah. talk about wow. TakeOver. It's time to shed Take off, off NXT and get into some tailgate vibes. Uh, because tomorrow you can join us 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time on our Zoom TakeOver tailgate. This is only available to patrons. Uh, so if you haven't signed up yet, you can sign up and join us Every every tomorrow. member, every, every member, cruiserweights, North American titles, vacant world champions. Huh. You can all be here tomorrow, three thirty p.m. Um, for we'll probably go about like two hours ish. So even if you can't join in at the top, just poke your head in, say hello. We want to talk to you as as many of you as possible and get hyped up for SummerSlam. The biggest party of the summer, Brayden, you'll never see it coming. No, you won't. It's the biggest blockbuster of the summer. Look, uh, last year we did TakeOver Toronto and we did a TakeOver Tailgate. And we had people who were, who were coming from all over for SummerSlam weekend who came to our party and people who were there in spirit. We love you all. And we thought we wanted to do it again this year. We're doing it from our backyard, the garden, the BDE MSG. And we're going to be hanging out. But join our Patreon, patreon.com slash up next. Like we said, uh, any of the tiers, Cruiser. 205s, the North American champions or the world's, you can hang out with us but patreon.com slash up next SummerSlam is this weekend but we've been doing SummerSlam all month this August, we did SummerSlam 2005, a review of that with Dominic, Eddie and Ray and Hogan, Sean, we did best match ever, SummerSlam main events, where we literally went through every SummerSlam main event since 88 to 2019 and talked about and rated and ranked and, and reviewed and picked which SummerSlam main event was the best in best match ever. That was so much fun. I even talked about SummerSlam theme songs, which is lit. There's so many good ones. Get It Poppin' is lit. Uh, so many things up on our Patreon. You can go to Patreon and check out all the stuff we do. $5 a month. North American tier gets you all the shows we've been talking about, all the weekly shows, all the good stuff, including the AEW reviews as well on Up Nextra. So check out all of that stuff. We do so many podcasts. We do so many things. We have a free review of Money Plane. We have a free review of I Know What You Did Last Summer because you sure as hell ain't doing shit this summer. We thought we'd go back to last <laughs> summer and talk about it. Yeah, the OG horror movie is going to be a free review this th- – I think it's next week. Next week. Next yes, week. Where so- we'll also be joined by J.P. Houlihan from the Grapple Spotlight to talk about the best ever X Division matches yes. for a new episode of Best Match Ever along with an episode of Was Next where we'll be going back watching classic NXT, but don't forget to also join us tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, yes. youtube.com forward slash up next for our live watch along for SummerSlam. Yes, you won't see it coming. You will not see it coming. Never, ever. If you don't join in on the YouTube room. Yes. Hey, thank you so much. Follow us on Facebook at Up Next. Po- Sorry, that's the Twitter, at Up Next Podcast, as well as our Twitter there. Follow us. We post all the stuff, all the shows, everything you need to know about us. And then the Facebook group and page, Up Next Podcast, as well. The group is lit. The chat was fire. 
It's always fire. But shout out to the YouTube room who hang out with us every Wednesday night after NXT for every watch along and for this post show here tonight on a Saturday, which is wild. But it's great because it's only 11.17 right now, which means we can probably still manage to get a few White Claws in later. So, hey, thank you so much for supporting Up Next. You can find us wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, every Wednesday night, and like we said, live on YouTube. But we appreciate all our listeners. We appreciate all our uh, our, our supporters on Patreon and everyone on the YouTube. And just everyone. I don't know. It's the biggest party of the summer. The summer's going to end soon. Just enjoy it. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, myself, Braden Harrington. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am at the D, And I am at Davey Portman. So take care. Goodbye. And... Well, let's just give it up for Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee. Shorts on for Pat. Let's do the damn thing. Ahoy! training is right around the corner so come for the games and have a ball in arizona with world-class resorts unbeatable dining and nightlife amazing scenery and endless outdoor adventure make your visit unforgettable plan your getaway at myspringtraining.com Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-on bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIO, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIO.